Praise God. Good morning. So glad you're here today. Uh, I, I'm looking forward to next Sunday and talking about the vision for our church uh, this year and for 2015. Uh, I sh- I'm excited to share with you the things the Lord, uh, I believe, has laid on my heart for us and this year and, uh, and, and all of our parts to play in that, to see that vision uh, come to fruition. But today I want to just kind of prime the pump for that and, and help you just personally. Uh, just titled today's message, Vision the unseen reality. I want to get you some practical things concerning the vision for your life to help you uh, not only have a vision, but to fulfill that vision for this year. You know, God wants your desires fulfilled. Do you understand that? He wants to fulfill the desires of your heart. That's the beautiful thing. Uh, You know, I think a lot of times there's this this confusion when it comes to the will of God and his desire, and, and a lot of people kind of just stand around saying, well, Lord, I want what you want, but you need to understand he wants what you want, all right? So don't waste another day going, I want what you want, when he's saying, I want what you want, and you're saying, well, yeah, but I want what you want, and he's saying, yeah, but I want what you want, so uh, let's, let's move past that, huh? And understand that, that your plans are important to God. The vision for your life, what you see is important to God, and he wants to help you fulfill that. As a matter of fact, the desires that he wants to fulfill. He gave you those desires in the first place. So you can be confident in that, that you were made by divine design. All right. That is God, the desires God put in you, that are in you, God put them there. All right. So you don't have to wonder, is this the will of God? Just walk it out. Walk it out by faith and and trust God Um, because you'll get nowhere just wondering. You'll get nowhere just wishing. And so today we're going to just talk about the vision. Vision has such a pulling power to it. It's got such a strength to it, and it really helps you accomplish things in your life. And so I want to give you six quick things, six quick things concerning vision. Everybody say this with me. Say, see it, write it down, be committed to it, give it to the Lord in prayer, keep your focus on it, and talk about it. Habakkuk chapter 2 and verse 2 says this, Then the Lord answered me and said, Write the vision and make it plain on tablets. Check that out. Not not an Apple guy, I guess. Uh, That he may run who reads it. That he may run who reads it. You know, what is it that causes one person to simply see a tree and another one to see a piece of furniture? What caused one to see a large stone and another one to see a sculpture? What is it that causes one person to see a need, needy children, and yet another one sees an orphanage? The difference is one word, vision. Vision. And God has made every one of us designed for vision. Webster's Dictionary defines vision as the act or power of anticipating that which will or may come to be, an experience in which an event appears vividly or credibly under the influence of a divine or other. Proverbs 29, 18 says that where there is no vision, the people perish. In the Hebrew, it actually says where there is no progressive vision. You understand God's vision is a progressive vision. That way you never get settled. You never get settled in your situation. You never get comfortable with things just being as they are. You never really arrive because God's Vision is progressive. Amen. 
Uh, and, and, uh, so that, and we see that, especially when we look at the church and see the progression in the church through the years. I'm grateful to God that we're, we're not singing the same songs that we were singing when I was a kid. Even though I'm grateful for those songs. Now, don't get me wrong. I'm grateful for those songs. I'm grateful for my, but I thank God that we've moved forward. Huh? Because the next generation has a song. The next generation has a message, and it has to come out in a different way. Amen? But it's all by divine design and purpose. Amen? It's all part of God's plan. It's all to reach someone else, to reach, to touch someone else, and to, to help someone else come into the kingdom of God through many flavors. I, I love the word uh, in Peter. It says that to be good stewards of the manifold grace of God. Manifold means multicolored, multifaceted grace of God. God has many flavors to his grace. Amen. So, uh, so it's a progressive vision. It says that the people perish, or, or, or one version says they cast off restraint. In other words, they don't have any guidelines when there's no vision. When Jesus looked at the children of Israel, he said, I see them. He saw them as sheep scattered. Why? Because they had no shepherd. They had no guide. It gives clarity. Vision gives guidelines. It gives motivation. And without vision, people will try to accomplish everything instead of something. You know, that's key when, you, when and it comes to... I, I teach students at Christ for the Nations uh, uh, how to preach. The, the title of the class is hom homiletics. It's the art and science of preaching. And, and to bring, collect thoughts, and collect a, a subject, something from the Word of God, and to, to deliver basically one idea, all right, from a, from a certain passage of Scripture, or one thought, one truth, maybe three truths in it, but they all have one theme to it. Or, or when it comes to songwriting, I've written songs for, for many years, and I learned the most effective songwriting is not a song about everything, but a song about something. All right? And you get your message across clear. And, and I've found that I've taught people how to write songs, taught people how to preach, and, and, and just out of zeal and excitement aren't enough. <laughs> not even talent is enough. All right? But, but talent that is skilled, that is honed, uh, and, and that has a vision, that's the key. And without vision, the, the children of Israel would never made it to the promised land. Without vision, we'd never be, know the nation that we, know, uh, that we are, that we've, we've settled this country from coast to coast. And, and that happened because of vision. Without vision, we never would have set foot on the moon. Somebody had to see that first. It's vision that moves you forward. It, vision that causes you to move beyond the seen to the unseen. What can a little vision do for you even this year for 2015? I want to encourage you. It can do a lot. And that's why I want to give you these six principles. Everybody say, see it. Now faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. What he just taught us there was Faith is seeing it even when you don't see it, all right? It's knowing it even, knowing that you know even when you don't know, all right? It's the substance, think about it, faith isn't just a, a wishful thinking. Faith is a substance and it is an evidence. Calling those things that be not as though they were. This is what God does. That's what the scripture says in Romans 4. God who gives life to the dead and calls those things that be not as though 
they were. This means that you see it then before you see it. My father-in-law is a sharpshooter. He, he likes shooting long range, especially long range rifles, does all kinds of competitions. And, and he bought this thousand yard scope. And I just always thought, you know, a scope is a scope for I've shot lots of deer and used lots of rifles through the years. But, but a thousand yard scope, wow, it gave me a whole new perspective on things. We were standing out in West Texas looking way off in the distance. And he said, there's a gate at the top of the hill uh, right there. I said, no, there's not. He said, yeah, look through this scope. And I lifted up that scope, and all of a sudden, a gate appears. And I moved the gun, and couldn't see it with my, with my naked eye. That scope could help me see what I couldn't see. And that's what vision does for you. It causes you to see it before you see it, to arrive there before you arrive there. Faith is your vision for life. See success, not failure. Huh? See Hope, not despair. See possible, not impossible. See big, not small. Amen. Because how many of you need God in your situation? Yeah, well, you're, you came to church, so I expect that you, you, you feel that way at least. You need God. And if God is going to be in your vision, then it's going to have to be a big vision. Right? It's going to have to be large, a large vision. Abraham said, God, what are you going to give me? God said, I'm your exceeding great reward. Hey, walk before me, Abraham. He said, what are you going to give me seeing I don't have any kids? I don't have a child. And God said, you don't have a child? Let me show you what your children look like. Look at the stars. Count all those stars. So shall your descendants be. It's a large vision. And if you can just by chance number the grain of sand on the seashore, that, then you can count all the children you're going to have. Abraham was seeing that he didn't have a child. God showed him that he had many, many children because God sees things that you and I don't see, but he wants to reveal those things to us. Jesus said, whoever says to this mountain be removed. This is a large vision. It's a large life God has called us to. Albert Einstein said, imagination is everything. It is the preview of coming attractions. What is it that you see? See it. You gotta see it. What is it that you want? See it first. Number two, write it down. The Lord tells Habakkuk, and he's telling all of us, write the vision. Write it down. Make it plain. He wants you and I to develop an action plan. Not just any plan, but a smart plan. One where it can be articulated. One where others can read it and see it and run with it. I want to just, if you're taking notes, uh, write out the word SMART. I'm going to give you a little acronym for writing it down. Number one, be specific with your vision. Write out a specific thing. Not, not, just, not just generalities. You know, like, instead of saying, I want to lose weight, I want to lose 15 pounds. Get specific with whatever it is that you see. Measurable. Is it measurable? M, measurable. You need to have a tangible way to monitor your progress as you go and to assess whether or not you're moving in the right uh, direction. And, and measuring that thing monthly or weekly, uh, it all depends on the kind of plan that you're putting together. Letter A, make it achievable, all right? I'm all about shooting for the moon, but let's get there one step at a time. Huh? Make it achie this, now, achievable doesn't mean necessarily easy, but just that you could reasonably expect to accomplish it. Amen. Amen. Uh, I was talking to the earlier service about this. Um, I, I, one of the things I've found in, in, 
when I hang around with pastors, and most of the time I enjoy doing that. Not all the time, but most of the time I do. But uh, one of the, the, the things I find that's common among pastors as far as what would discourage them is them not seeing what they want to see when it comes to numbers in their church. And, and a lot of the reason is because when they start off the year or they start off in ministry, they want to take the world. I love that mentality. You want to take the whole world, and, and we're believing for 100% growth this year. Is that achievable? How about 10% growth? It's growth. Make it achievable so that, so that you, can, you, can, you can attain that thing. That way you can, you can move in the next, take the next step. But if it's always just shooting for the moon and, and you're making it unachievable for yourself, you're just going to find yourself very disappointed and discouraged in the process. Amen. Uh, how about realistic? Is this too practical for church? It's a goal. Write it down, a, real, a realistic goal. Do you have the skills and the talents needed to accomplish your goals. Stay within your lane. Paul says, stay in your call. Whatever you were called to do, stay in that call. Don't try to be somebody else and do something else that you're not called to do. Do what you're called to do, all right? If you can't sing, stop trying. Do what you're good at, amen. <laughs> Realistic. And T, time-based. Designate a specific time frame. When will you begin and when will you end? All right? A smart, smart vision. Write it down so that he who reads it may run with it. Easy to articulate. Number three, be committed to it. We, um, we love the word commitment and discipline and obedience, don't we? Aren't those fun words? <laughs> Put your whole heart into your vision. The scripture says in Colossians 3, whatever you do, do it heartily or do it with your whole heart. As to the Lord, not to me. In other words, remember who you belong to. Remember whose you are. Remember who's on your side. Remember that you've, you're, you're, as the scripture says, your life is not your own. You've been bought with a price, and that price is the very blood of the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. So that way, you, whatever you do, you do it for him. Whether, not, 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 whether men give you, uh, uh, whether they notice you or not doesn't matter. You're doing it for him. Knowing that your heavenly father knows. He keeps records. He's watching you. All right? And he loves you. And he loves to reward those who diligently seek him. God rewards hard work. The scripture says he, God is not unjust. In, in Hebrews 6.10, God is not unjust to forget your labor of love, your work and your labor of love that you do show toward his name and that you minister to the saints. All right? God's watching you. You're doing it for him. Hallelujah. And he's pleased. He's pleased to bless you. He's pleased to watch over his word to perform it on your behalf. But when it comes to commitment, before you write it down, you need to ask yourself this question. How bad do I really want this? Hmm? How bad do I want? Um, our Spanish pastor, Pastor Chris Quinones, we started that, uh, our congregation there in March of last year. And we just had a great Sunday where I went down there and we set him in. Their, their service is at 1 o'clock. And his parents came in from El Paso, and, and uh, it was really exciting. They had some close friends come and some, some people even from the neighborhood. We had 50 people there that first, their first Sunday there. The praise and worship was dynamic. I mean, from start to finish, the entire service was just electric. It was exciting. There was crying and there was laughing and shouting and people were prophesying over Chris and Mary Lou, just the, their new start as the pastors and just, just speaking the vision of God in their life. It was just wonderful. 
A week goes by, and the next Sunday, and Heather and I are in the car. We're on the road somewhere. Uh, we left, uh, had service here, and then we're driving somewhere, and it's Pastor Chris, and he calls me, and he says, Pastor Eric, I think something's wrong. His, his voice is real down. So I said, what's up? He said, he said uh, uh, I, 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 we only had 25 people here today. I said, oh, I forgot to tell you. Welcome to Second Sunday. <laughs> yeah. This is what separates the men from the boys right here, son. How committed are you? How committed? He said, well, this wasn't in my contract. I said, well, thank God we didn't actually sign a contract, so you're stuck with me, and uh, you're stuck doing this, so might as well get happy about it. Ah, commitment, see, is the courage to continue when the feeling of excitement isn't there. Hmm? How bad do you want this? Because the joy of the prize isn't known while you're running that race. It's when you cross that finish line that you get the thrill of the award. Hallelujah. Hey, I told the earlier service this, and I'll share this bit of information with you too. By the way, if your goal this year is to lose weight, can I get a show of hands? No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> is to lose weight. Uh, I'm going to give you a bit of wisdom from, I got from my brother-in-law, which I don't get a whole lot of wisdom from him, but this did help me years ago whenever I began to try to, you know, give a little better shape to my body. And uh, he said, Eric, no food tastes as good as being thin feels. So there you go. There's your bit of wisdom. So be committed to it. You'll certainly be happy that you did. Amen? Everybody all right out there? I know what time it is. I know what time it is. Number four, let's go. Give it to the Lord in prayer. Give it to the Lord. Prayer is the gasoline that keeps the, the engine of vision running. Prayer helps to keep the vision where it needs to be in God's hands. Huh? Keeps us relying upon his grace in our lives. That's what I love about Paul. Paul said, listen, I labored more than all of them. Everybody, all of my contemporaries, I worked harder than all of them. I love this guy. He says, but by the grace of God, I am what I am. In other words, I've put it in his hands. I'm working in his strength. I'm working in his power. This is not me doing it all on my own self. No, I've, I've decided, hey, listen, I'm going to boast in my weakness because his strength is made perfect in my weakness. I understand that I fully need God in my life. I need his grace. I need him to work mightily in me. And that's how I work according to his working in me. I labored more abundantly than they all, he says, yet not I, but the grace of God, which was with me. Huh? Think about it. Think about all the times. Think about even this past year, the Lord has been there. He was there. He was there with you. He answered yeah. those prayers. And if the prayers haven't been answered yet, hey, he answers prayers. Yeah. Amen. That's the whole point of praying. Yeah. Hmm? He didn't want to have a conversation with you and make you think that it's possible you could get it and then go, just kidding, joke's on you. But keep praying. No, no, he, he calls you to come and fellowship with him and commune with him because he understands you need him and you need what he has. All right? And he longs to give it to you. But one of the problems is that people are just too quiet about it. 
and don't go to him and use all the other options in the world and their own thinking and maybe just advice from other people and not even confer with God about the situation. The scripture says in all your ways acknowledge him and he will direct your paths. I like Psalm 37. It says, commit your way to the Lord. Trust also in him and he shall bring it to pass. Wow, that's an awesome promise, isn't it? The word commit means to roll. I love that. Roll your way over on the Lord. Roll it over on God. That one scripture says, cast it on him. Cast your cares upon him because he cares for you. Amen. He's the one who cares about you. Not only does God care about you, but he cares about the things you care about. Amen. So talk to him. Jesus said, whatever things you desire, when you pray. Everybody say, when you pray. When you pray. That's it. Whatever thing, That's the key. Whatever things you desire, when you pray, believe you receive them and you will have them. Amen. So he just said, hey, what Jesus taught us was that if you'll pray and if you'll believe, anything's possible. Whatever things you desire. When you pray, believe you receive it, but you're going to have to pray. You've got to come to God and talk to him. He's your heavenly father. He longs to have fellowship. And, and the scripture says, without faith, it's impossible to please him. For he who comes to God must believe that he is and that he is a rewarder to those who diligently seek him. It's not just enough for you to know that he is God, that there is a God. No, he wants you to understand that he is a rewarding God. Well, Lord, I don't need much. Yeah, you do. You need everything I have. Stop acting like you don't need anything. Why do I have all this stuff if you don't need it? No, you need what I have. Come and take it. Huh? Give it to the Lord in prayer. Number five, keep your focus on it. Oh, boy, this one's fun. In other words, narrow your vision for your vision. Losing your focus is the number one way to not achieve your goals. You get to choose. You and I, think about this. You and I get to choose every day what we focus on. Well, she made me mad. No, 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 no. You let yourself get mad. Don't blame other people. Take responsibility. You have the choice. Nobody else can make your choice for you. Unless you're in jail. But how many are you glad you're not in jail today? How many are you glad you're not in the hospital right now? Huh? You're here in the house of God. You can choose every day what you focus on. And that's important because the book of James says this. Let him ask in faith with no doubting. That is, he's focused. For he who doubts or gets out of focus is like a wave of the sea driven and tossed by the wind. Look at verse 7. Let not that man suppose that he will receive anything from the Lord. Just as we have an assurance from God that when we pray, if we believe that we receive it, we will have it, we also have an assurance that if we doubt, don't expect to receive anything. This is how God feels about doubt and faith, huh? It's pretty strong feelings, isn't it? All right? He doesn't give us the luxury of questioning him, of doubting whether he will or not. And James later says, you have not because you ask not. And if you're going to ask, ask in faith, not ask trying to throw up some kind of uh, a prayer wish. Oh, come on, Jesus, see this one. No, 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 no. Pray, come to him with confidence. I know when I come to you and I talk to you, you hear me, and I know because you hear me, you give me what I've asked for. It's glorious. 
double-minded. He's a double-minded man, unstable in all of his ways. The word double-minded means to stand in two ways. Huh? This is the, the, the thing that we have to be vigilant on, to stay in faith, to keep our conversation consistent. And James likens it to a fountain. A fountain doesn't produce fresh water and salt water. It's one or the other. He said, yet two different kinds of conversations are coming out of your mouth, and this should not be so. Anybody here ever gone to the eye doctor before? Come on, let me see your hands, all of you poor suckers. Yeah. That's a stressful time. I find that to be a stressful time. Because if anything tests your focus, I don't think anything tests your focus like going to the eye doctor. Right? There's all kinds of tests that they put you through, but when they bring that thing in front of your face, and then he says, what's better, one or two? Hang on, I wasn't ready for that. Can you do that again? What's better, one or two? Two. All right, how about this other side? What's better, one or two? The right was two and left good. Can I see that one more time, please? It's better, one or two? Two? Are you asking me? No, I'm, I'm asking my eye which one works better for it. You don't want to fail that test, right? I mean, that's like you got to stay focused because you don't want the wrong pair of glasses on your face. Right? You don't want to end up with something out here like this with your eyeballs looking this big. Like, I failed the test. I wasn't focused. Don't allow. Don't allow the little vision killers called distractions. Spelled S-O-C-I-A-L-M-E-D-I-A. Don't let those distractions creep in and steal your focus. Keep looking at what you've written down. Keep looking at it. Stay focused. All right? That really means stay in faith. Keep seeing what you're seeing. Keep believing God. And this is one, one of the best ways to do it is number six here. Talk about it. Talk that vision. Because your words are the building material to see that vision come to pass. Keep talking your victory. Keep talking your healing. Keep talking your breakthrough. Amen. Keep talking that your marriage is strong and healthy in Jesus' name. Keep talking about your kids serving the Lord, even though you might be seeing something quite contrary to that. Keep saying it. Yeah. Amen. Amen. Keep that. Because when you have a vision in your heart, it is bound to escape out of your mouth. Jesus said, out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. And since we have the same spirit of faith, as it is written, I believe and therefore have I spoken. We also believe and therefore speak. Amen. Now listen to me. And and when it comes to talking about your vision, I'm not talking about wearing everybody out with it. I'm talking about talking to the people who love you, your wife, your close friends, those who believe in you and pray for you and who will encourage you along the way. As especially those who will listen to you. Yeah. Amen? Yeah. Somebody that will truly hear you 
and, 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 and encourage you in your vision. Because, it, listen, it takes work. It takes courage. Ultimately, it takes discipline to be a visionary. And here's the good news about this, that God made you a visionary for your life. He made you, to created you in such a way to see it before you see it so that you're in full reliance on God for that thing to come to pass. And no one can see what you see. Nobody else can see it. So what is it that you see for your life, even for this year? How do you see yourself in December? Where do you see yourself by the end of this year? Because you can have what you see. Maybe you need to change your mentality even today, how you see yourself right now. Maybe you only see yourself according to the facts of life. Hey, get in faith. All right? Maybe the facts are you're confused right now. But faith by faith, see yourself with a sound mind. Hmm? Maybe right now you're sick in your body. But hey, listen to me. Don't just hold on to the facts. By faith, by faith, see yourself healed and whole by Jesus' stripes. See it. Can you see it? Can you see it? Can you see it? Maybe you're suffering from some kind of lack today. See yourself living in the abundance that God came to give you. Jesus said, I came that you might have life and have more abundantly. Maybe the facts are that you're miserable today. Hey, by faith, see yourself full of the joy of the Holy Spirit. See yourself laughing. See yourself happy. Amen. Call those things that be not as though they are. Now, let me just remind you today, faith is not the denial of the facts. All right? The Scripture does not say, call those things that be as though they are not. That's called Scientology. All right? That's a cult, by the way. All right? Scientology teaches, if you're sick, I'm not sick, I'm not sick. Right? That's not faith. The fact, the truth might be that you are sick, but faith says, I'm healed. I call those things that be not as though they are. All right. See it. Write it down. Be committed to it. Give it to the Lord in prayer. Keep your focus on it and talk about it. I want you to stand together with me and lead you in a confession this morning as we get ready to leave out of here. Watch the Cowboys stomp a mud hole in the Green Bay Packers. <laughs> Say this with me nice and loud. I am a child of God. My God saw the light before the light was. He said, let there be light. And there was light. I am made in the image and likeness of God. So by nature, I am a visionary. I see myself. I see my family. I see my whole life in the light of his living word. Therefore, I see success, not failure. I see possibility, not impossibility. I see big, not small. I believe, therefore I speak. And I declare that 2015 will be my best year ever. In Jesus' name, 
Amen. Do you believe that today? Come on, let's give our God a great praise. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord, for this great year. Thank you, Lord, for the vision, God, that you've put in people's hearts. Lord, to see it and to go after it with everything in them. I thank you, Lord, for a people who know their God, who are strong, and who do exploits in the earth. Father God, I thank you that these are the excellent ones in the earth. Knowing this, that we are like you. Your word says, whatever you begin, you will be faithful to complete it. Thank you that you help your people, that whatever they begin, they're faithful, God to complete it in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you for listening to our podcast. We would like to invite you to one of our service times in either McKinney or Dallas. Sunday mornings in McKinney at 9.30 and 11, and Wednesday evenings at 7, and in Dallas, 10.30 Sunday mornings, and our 1 o'clock One Cause Dallas Espanol service. You can find out more information about our church at onecausechurch.com. If you'd like to partner with our ministry, there is also a link on the front page of our website.